0: It wasn't even like it was close. It was a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. So as a as a close and personal friend of CJ McCollum, you know, it's fair. Yeah. Fair well, I was about to say,
1: well, when are we uh, when are we working on the guest appearance, Carl?
0: So I'm saying we gotta get probably have to buy a certain amount of his wine first before he wants to before he wants to
1: stop on the show. You know, maybe we can make that happen. Well that's not in the marketing budget though. Um, we'll figure well, it out. Yeah, we can maybe we can move maybe we can move some money around and and make it happen. That was sick though. Congratulations on that district of buckets, uh, with the CJ McCollum shout out and cosine and cosine and cosine. Yeah. Just two basketball minds. Yeah, just just
0: two gurus speaking
1: <laughs> the sport. <laughs> He's got a little more time to do that now. I love CJ CJ McCollum is uh like underrated NBA. Underrated personality on Twitter. I so feel he okay. doesn't get enough love. He's always he's just, there. He's just a regular
0: time. guy who just gets basically just gets wine drunk, watches basketball, and like just tweets about it, and then just goes home to like his dentist's wife.
1: <laughs> he's like he's like if uh, he's like if LeBron didn't get sloppy drunk. He keeps it at a right level. <laughs> man, oh man! Five exclamation points!
0: <laughs> yeah, LeBron off the Lobos man is a little crazy on. him.
1: Ja special.
0: Yeah, dude. <laughs> Taco Tuesdays with the tequila. You already know LeBron's going off. But um <laughs> I guess let's get into getting to some basketball here, starting off yeah. with the uh, MVP talk.
1: Yeah, no, I, we'll get we'll get into some awards here. I think oh, we can kind of set the stage a little bit here. We'll talk about MVP most improved. Um, and maybe touch on a little bit of coach of the year talk. I, I think rookie of the year is, is that that debate's kind of been ongoing. And uh, sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, was, was kind of a clear-cut winner. So we don't need to touch on those as much. We can get into MVP a little bit. Jokic yesterday named MVP. Um, a lot of descent from, from the East Coast, particularly in the uh, original Quaker region of the country, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> A little bit of Joel Embiid love. Uh, I saw I saw a, a columnist from the Philly Inquirer today talk about what time is Jokic playing tonight. Um, I know you're a big Embiid guy. I, I'll, I'll kind of be pro-Jokic here because I, I do think I do think because the MVP is a regular season award, it, it's hard to say in my eyes that Jokic wasn't the MVP. You have Michael Porter Jr. go down. You have Jamal Murray go down. <clears throat> you win 48 games. Uh, you have the sixth seed in the West. You avoid the play-in. Um, especially with – even when Michael Porter Jr. was playing, he wasn't very good, and they were still winning games. Um, I, I, I had a chance to go look at, at Denver's three-man lineups. Uh, in, in, in lineups that played more than 500 minutes, so every lineup in this category played 1,000 minutes. Jokic was in seven of the top eight in, just in terms of net rating. Uh, and then when you, when you widen the aperture a little bit to 400 minutes and up, He was in ten of the top or eight of the top ten. And actually, guess guess who was in in the four hundred minute or more range. Guess who was in all three of the top three. Also, take a wild guess. For the Nuggets. For the for the Nuggets. And if like these these the top three three man lineups were like markedly better than the others, just in terms of net rating. Is there Aaron Gordon on this? Aaron Gordon was on a lot of them, but that's not who it was. Like, this is, like, exclusively in 400 minutes or more, so they didn't play together very much.
0: Shoot. Shoot. Shoot it. Austin Rivers. Oh, dude. Austin Rivers? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Austin Rivers. Like, isn't that pretty crazy? Like, they were at a 14-net rating for most of the year, which is pretty fucking insane. Um, But, yeah, Jokic, obviously, he meant a lot to his team. It was any combination of Jermichael Green, Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon – uh, I, I guess you throw throwing Austin Rivers um, and Will Barton in, in those, in those top three lineups and the common denominator was Jokic. Um, I, I think, especially for him right now, uh, his ability to pass insanely quick out of any double team that was thrown at him uh, was super special, especially when he's around six, seed of B-minus players whose primary capability is shooting, um, he was able to do a lot more with less. And, and that was, at least for me, why I, I thought he was the clear-cut MVP. Don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid was unbelievable this year. He won the scoring title for a reason. Um, and and he, he took, again, a step above last year when he was yeah. utterly dominant um yeah
0: but um and, on top of that though you have also him missing a player who well who's been an all-star for most of the season before they dealt him to the nets for James Harden and Ben Simmons now we're bringing up Ben Simmons again so we can't we can't go a pod <laughs> ben Simmons. but I mean still like they're I mean like doing a lot with a little I mean it's not I mean not a little I mean I think it's a little bit more than the nuggets per se but just the things that Joel Embiid has done I'm not trying to get all like I testy over here I'm not the I'm not the eye test guy but like you know just kind of how like offensive numbers like you're not getting that much of a drop off you're getting the scoring you don't have obviously you don't have the playmaking there but defensively what he does like to anchor to anchor the Sixers is insane like just to go on both sides of the floor and be the best. like he can go be the best player and on both sides of the floor in any given game Um, if he's you know obviously if he's healthy is obviously a big thing but I mean, he's someone where it's like I knew that based off of the numbers, whatever the hell VORP is—I don't know what VORP means—that um, <laughs> Jokic was going to be like, likely the MVP. Like it was like the numbers offensively were there that there's no way that he wasn't going to get this award. But like just from the stance of, you know, valuable to the team, like it's almost kind of a wash there. But then for me, it's like once you add defense, you can kind of see, especially after his return you know, In the playoffs, here, just kind of like where I feel that he's more valuable of a player, um, at least for you know, for this season. I mean, H- Yogic and Embiid is going to probably be a toss up for right for quite some time, and I feel like you're really like it really splits people down the middle, and there's really no like there's really no middle ground, like you either one or the other for a very, very solid reason.
1: I, I absolutely agree, and I'm actually not even like anti Embiid in this scenario. I do think though, and it's all relative, right? Because the nug, I the Sixers were even without James Harden were unquestionably like better than the nuggets. Like if you put them up against each other, I would say that the Sixers would probably win seven out of 10 times just because I, I do think Embiid's supporting cast was better. And, and then therefore they were just overall better. Um, I, however, if you like, I'm going to, I'll throw this hypothetically. At you, if you, if you had them switch spots, like, what do you think? Like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. If Embiid and Jokic switch spots, uh, are is each team in a better or worse position? Because I think it would be about I think, I'd be about a push for the Sixers, and I think the Nuggets would be worse.
0: I think Sixers fall a little bit. I think Sixers. I think Sixers fall a little bit. I think both teams actually fall a little bit if you switch it because I think the the situations are set up around both of them so well for them to be there. It's like I don't even. I guess more so, it's like that's why it's a really hard comparison where it's almost like what your preference is because you look at the Nuggets where, like you know, you know where the Nuggets would you know would really benefit from you know so you had like an Embiid there is the fact that they have you know more of a defensive anchor in there <laughs> yeah. but then you're also then you're losing like the playmaking ability which was the reason that team is built that way so it's kind of hard yeah. when you see like like those one-off comparisons like put them in a vacuum are always so hard because like these GMs are building teams towards both of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um I actually do think both teams would get worse in a swap of this.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing too that was an interesting parallel between both was um players emerging and coming out as better. Uh with the Nuggets, I think Austin Rivers actually sh- continuing to show his worth. Bones Highland kind of coming out of nowhere.
0: Bones actually has been a – Bones has been Bones has been a bucket his entire time. Like he, fair. He, he, I mean, well, if that's also like a role thing. Like he's in a place where all he has to do is score.
1: Yeah, fair. But at the beginning of the year, he was kind of like a fringe guy. Uh, and, you know, middle of the season, he, he turned into be a legitimate NBA role player uh um, and he and he ended up he, he benefited a lot from the spacing that that Jokic provided yeah that's true. Um, and, he also and, like
0: is a rookie so
1: it, right and you look at the Sixers side Tyrese Maxey took another step this year yeah I mean he he, he benefited greatly from playing next to Embiid I think he was fifth in the most improved player voting um Tyrese Maxey's become a legitimate star in front of our in front of our eyes in my opinion um I, I think that it's shaping up to be like a year three, year four, that you're you're not finding many holes in his game. Um, and I think, again, that's a, that's, a, that's a testament to Embiid. I do, however, think that with Jokic winning back-to-back this year, I think it's almost impossible for him to win it next year. I think you have to do an insane amount to win the MVP if you're Nicole Jokic next year. And I think it greatly sets up Embiid to go on a little bit of a run um, and, and I think maybe be the odds-on favorite heading into next year. Uh, he'll, he'll essentially have everybody returning, um, I I think obviously Philly's going to do a little bit to reshape the end of the bench. Maybe add some, maybe add some a backup big. <laughs>
0: Definitely, yeah. You can't
1: start DeAndre Jordan if Embiid is hurt. Yeah, dude. Uh, DeAndre NBA Jordan game.
0: It, it, DeAndre Jordan needs to needs to retire.
1: Agreed. Uh, so I think Philly's going to do a little bit of reshaping, but I think it sets up Embiid to be. I think the odds on favorite going into next year, I think it sets up Giannis as well. And Luca, I think Luca has the ability if, if Dallas can also uh, fine tune the roster a little bit, maybe give Luca a little bit better of a rim roller than Dwight Powell um, or a little bit, a little bit better of a rim runner than Dwight Powell next year. I think that could really set him up, but it's an uphill battle for Jokic. I do think that it is, I think it's going to be another couple years before we see him like win an MVP or like, It'll be in the conversation next year, like top three, top four. Well, maybe. yeah, they,
0: they won't let him win another one. No, it's not
1: happening. It's not happening
0: again. If he does, if he does three in a row, that's crazy. But also, another fun fact is, uh, also haven't had a domestic MVP since James Hart. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Damn. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember, uh, I remember District of Buckets putting something out last year when that happened. and Yeah, and it's, com- it's still happening. And that wasn't enough of a – that wasn't enough of a story again this year. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I, know well, we well, on, I know we touched on – I know we touch on it a little bit, like in terms of, like, domestic coaching and, and how we coach basketball players. But, like, let's, like, reiterate that. Because I, I, I just I, – I feel like it's not talked about enough.
0: I mean, it's definitely – one, I mean, I mean, you look at, well, I mean, looking at the MVP award, where mostly you have it from just writers and the media, which is there's probably a year or so you could say, hey, this is a, like, we're past the whole, like, LeBron or bust year of, like, you know, it's like, say, hey, it's basically like a award they just don't want to give to LeBron James. We're past that now. Um, I mean, big man's reemerged as, Probably the most important position in basketball to have again, as you can see. You know, we've gone power forward to center now. From you know, from uh, from Giannis winning his. Uh, now we have Jokic here. I mean, in the conversation is like
1: Giannis, Jokic, and we Got a bit, and we got a big fella from France coming down in twenty twenty three. No, dude. It, I, even, I think it's Wenyama. Yeah, Victor Weminyama. Victor Wiminyaba. I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, is Victor Wembenyama? He,
0: he's he's everything that people thought that like Chet Holmgren was, which isn't uh, which isn't a knock on Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is just a different player. Like that's, you know, he's like he, you know like like Chet Holmgren is a is a lanky lanky kid, like who does a lot of good things. And then it's like you know like we've seen people kind of like him in the league, at like Wembenyama, like dude. Also like his wingspan and everything, like that man
1: is just he's unreal. A and he move he moves like a guard. Yeah. Against international competition. Yeah. It's insane. Um, most improved player. Uh John Moran comes out with it. Um, uh, talked to we talked a little bit about this beforehand. Um I, I I'm torn on this one. You had Draymond Green um in the regular season talk about Jordan Poole, kind of be a Jordan Poole advocate. I'm a Jordan Poole guy. Um I I do think his like his legitimate like spike in improvement. Like, his, his trajectory is so crazy. Cause like he was in the G League last year, and then he comes into this year, he's a good role player, and then like he becomes a legitimate NBA starting caliber player later in the year, I feel like. And it's yeah. at that point, I mean, we've seen in these awards, it's like it's like rookie of the year when people are talking about Cade Cunningham potentially being it. Or like the anthony edwards team last year with rookie of the year it's like how you like how you start the season is more yeah. important than how you finish the season with the awards like that's just a precedent that's been set now we which is
0: crazy that. which is crazy for uh most improved though because it's like agreed prove it's like hey like it's a, a couple things like one it's like what is the bar for mm-hmm. where you start like hey like like how do you really measure like that level of improvement because like, I mean, to be fair to John ja Morant, like John ja Morant did improve a bunch to be able to take the Grizzlies to like a two seat, to a two Absolutely. seat. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, to have the jump that he did, which is an amazing jump. But then, you know, I mean, he did also bring the team up with him. Maybe that, I think that's probably why because that team itself made a jump also like media darlings the entire year. Cause everyone just loved that team. Me, um, you know, but then you have guys like, like Jordan Poole, honestly, Jalen Brunson as well up there that weren't really talked about too much going forward. It's like, like, are we judging them, you know, purely off of just like, I mean, you got to judge them at the end of the year, but like from where you are at the beginning of the year, like you can clearly see like Jordan Poole made leaps and bounds of, a, of you know, of a jump after, uh, you know, like you said, like he was like in the G league, which, you know, more than shows more than improvement than he, you know, that you probably need for that. Um, cause I remember seeing like him in bits and pieces last year, like where we were like, maybe he could be like a sixth man of the year one day. And now we're like, he's probably like one of the most, he could be one of the most dangerous starters, like looking a couple years from now.
1: Yeah. I, I, I do agree with the jaw concept. They did make the playoffs last year. They did get bounced in the first round. John ja Morant was fantastic last year. He did improve. There's no question about it going into this year. There's a re I mean, he was one of the top players in the league in terms of points in the paint. He def- he, he was the Grizzlies identity. Like that's where the Grizzlies make their hey, they get their points in the paint. Everybody knows that. Um. So that's I mean, that's insane. He's 22 years old. I, I, I get the argument for him being most improved player. I am more so like, hear me out on the Darius Garland trade. Um, he finished 30. That's, voting.
0: that's one. Yeah. Sorry, I've you off there.
1: No, you're, you're, you're fine. I, he finished third in voting. Uh, after his first year, there was a legitimate article that was printed that talked about Darius Garland potentially being the worst player in the league. It went into a bunch of different advanced stats. I didn't agree with it. I think it's insane to give up at, on a player after year one. Uh, he, he had a solid year last year. Um, but to make the jump, he did. To lose Colin Sexton uh, and still be as effective of a team as the Cavaliers were and not be as good without Darius Garland, Like he he was a legitimate – impact player this year. To the magnitude of Ja, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think that also gets into the argument of how good they are. Ja Morant, no question, better than Darius Garland. But in terms of improvement, Darius Garland's an all-star point guard. is a legitimate all-star point guard now. Uh, he's one of the best facilitators in the league, in my opinion. He's one of the best playmakers in the league, in my opinion. And he's one of the best passers in the league, in my opinion. That doesn't even begin to take into account his shooting um and his ability to score the ball so i'm a darius garland guy personally i think darius garland should have won the award i think jordan Poole should have been up there i think john morant no question should have been you know third or fourth but i just don't think he was the most improved player in the league i think like you said it, it a lot of these awards are narrative awards uh and and john morant for a lot of the year was a media darling um and that's just how the ball bounced something that i would love to see like the criteria for
0: the award yeah Be a little more concrete i mean I mean, just kind of have an idea of who should win or if they are going to do something like kind of like they did this year, like, you know, just kind of to see a little more consideration for the guys who end up in a completely different spot at the end of the year, um, you know, than the way they were before. Because there's probably even guys some years you could even see just like a change of situation, like improves them enough. Like, you know, some people get every now and then there's a guy who gets a second win in his career which mm-hmm. I think is also a fair, you know, a fair point for MIP. Like, you don't know who that
1: that guy could be, like, you know, maybe next year somebody. Weird to say it, but Robert Williams, yeah. even though he's still really young, Robert Williams. Robert You're Williams, right? uh, in terms of finding a second win in his career, I feel like there was a time period where Robert Williams was looked at as a rotation player and, like, a decent shot blocker. And this year I think he is an elite – he turned into an elite defensive center. Yep. Um,
0: yep. He's basically a young – he's like a young DeAndre Jordan.
1: Yeah. Or what about like Mikael Bridges? Like we knew Mikhail Bridges was really good last year, but he's a like defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. He's a he's an elite, he turned into an elite, elite defender. Um, and we saw flashes of that. And we he was good defender, definitely a good defender. Uh, th- he is a great defender, probably the best wing defender in the league. Um, so I think there's an argument to be made there. I mean, Miles Bridges finished ahead of him. I'd make the argument that Mikhail, improvement-wise uh yeah. maybe made a little bit more of a jump especially since the hornets really flamed out at the end of here <laughs> yeah but i don't know i see the argument again i see the argument for Ja. he made the jump from being star to elite uh i think it, he's now a top 10 player in the league um at least really close and w- but last year was he top 25 no yeah exactly Like, like clearly I, not that's and, yeah and now he's like fringe top ten, yeah. In my opinion, at least fringe so top I, ten.
0: I mean, like, I mean, when it comes to unguardable, it's close. You know, if his if his three point shot improves a little bit this summer,
1: he's got to he's got to. I mean, he's got to work on his pick and he's got to work on his pick and rolls because I think it. Like I'm not gonna I I'm not gonna beat the Timberwolves drum, but teams that have athletic bigs that are showing on pick and rolls, all they're doing is showing he, he's having a little, he has a little bit harder of a time managing those.
0: I mean, also uh, I would say that's like a, that's a Testament to primary defending for the, uh, for the Timberwolves, dude. I mean, there was a lot of ants also from time to time there, which I mean, because his thing is, is that he doesn't need that. Like he typically doesn't need that screen to beat that first guy at all. Like you see, there's a uh, points in, I think it was, yeah. in the, um, was it, was it the 47 point game when they won, um, against the Warriors, where it's like you'd see him just waving off screens because he knows he can just, I mean, it's like anybody in the Warriors, you could just, like, especially without um, Gary Payton, the second could just blow by. So, yeah. you know, like, the like that got to get the Wolves a little bit more. I, I gotta give the Wolves a little bit more credit there for being able to put an athletic enough defender to make it like a tough time for him, and then he has to go and make those second reads off of the screens, yeah, it's more so than it's like. Like, he, he needs to get better at that for sure, but there's also not a lot of teams that can put enough size and athleticism to bother
1: him without a screen. Yep, agreed. Point of attack defense is huge with him. But, like, I, 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 do, think, I do think there is a world in which if you're, if you're a team that sees the Grizzlies a lot on the schedule, you, you can get personnel to defend job. Um and, and you can find a way to force him into shots that he doesn't want to take. Um, and so there are definite improvements in his game that he does need to make but nonetheless he's he is the unquestioned undefined leader of the third youngest team in the league that's in the western conference semifinals um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna whine about him winning most improved because he, he again he clearly made that jump but I, I just see Darius Garland and Jordan Poole potentially being better candidates for the award of, of, a, of a more improved player.
0: Which is, yeah,
1: I'm with you on that. Coach of the year goes to Monty Williams. Should have been last year. Um, he finally gets the love this year. James Jones got the love last year. Monty Williams gets the love this year. I think Nick Nurse was way low in the voting. I think he was seventh. Chris Finch was eighth. I think J.B. Bickerstaff was high at sixth um thoughts on coach of the year monty williams gets it obviously well deserved
0: yeah um i've been on the monty williams train also shout out <sighs> shout out pg county from the dc area here are you from pg county or is he from i feel that up monty williams I gotta, I gotta type that in before i say that again you know so. <laughs> you yeah, he's can. from pg county yeah oxen hill maryland shout out yeah shout out monty williams um more so just for the fact that it's like he's been able to instill such a culture in that team that I wish he would have honestly wanted the year, like
1: in, in previous previous years, especially getting them through the bubble. Um, he instilled a culture on a broken team too. Yeah. Like a broken culture.
0: But the entire – or like you hear so many negative things about just the Suns from a top-down level. It's also James, him and James Jones. getting give James Jones credit too for just completely rebuilding that. And one, like, making it a place where you have a guy like Devin Booker who, like, actually wants to be a part of everything that you're doing. Like, keeping him through, like, you know, getting a, a young star like that, especially, like, going into, like, the pandemic bubble, being like, hey, like, I still want to be, like, the
1: guy here is,
0: is, is a testament to
1: Monty Williams as a coach. If I had it my way, Monty wins it last year and Ime Udoka wins it this year. Um, but the ball doesn't bounce my way. Yeah. I'm just a guy with a microphone. I'm not i even, have, I'm not the biggest Yudoku guy actually. Really? I thought I mean I thought the Celtics were in deep shit like halfway through the year and they ended up being like the best team in the league for the second half of the year. Like that turnaround was unprecedented. They
0: they made the simple move of, hey, let's actually like get a guy who doesn't want to like take up space or take up take up possessions from like Tatum, Brown, like, are actually moving the ball around. Like, they made a move for a, like, a solid point guard to put in their rotation and got rid of, a like, a ball-dominant scorer who wasn't scoring.
1: <laughs> you didn't need – yeah, they didn't need –
0: Like, that's ball. like, yeah, they're like, hey, we don't need another guy who's trying to score – or, like, try to score. Like, I mean, it's all I – mean, I mean, it's Dennis. Like, I lo- love Dennis. Love Dennis, but it's, like, it's just not the right fit because it's, like, there's these other guys, you should probably take a back seat too. And so mm-hmm. they just got a guy who did that. What the Clippers should have done at the point guard spot a long time ago when they had – or when uh, Kawhi and PG were, like, at their healthiest. But they are like, nope, we're cool with Pat Bev. Um, Yeah, not a great alley to go down. Yeah, so basically, like, they they did that, and it's like, oh, look what happens. Like, the ball actually moves a lot better, doesn't stick as much because your point guard's not the one, like, holding it up. And that's like – I mean, coaching was great too, but, like, that's a – it's a very simple, like, not sexy GM move that made that team – that much better.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that offensively. I think defensively, though, is where a lot of the turnaround came from. I mean, you had, you had Robert Williams really take control of, of the floor when he was on. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart went defensive player of the year. I wasn't sure about that one, but nonetheless. I don't love still, it. I, I, I didn't love it either, but that was kind of whatever to me. Um, and then, obviously, you have Tatum and Brown. I, I just think it was like, for me, it's like it's about time. Like people questioned Tatum and Brown for the longest time, like whether that duo could work. And you just needed the coach to come in and put the puzzle pieces together on what the identity was going to be. And clearly that around January, December, that like it came on defense and, and the puzzle was put together. And whether they beat the Bucks in this series or not, I think Ime Odoka gets a lion's share of that credit. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Brad Stevens had something to do with it. But I think Ime Odoka gets gets a lion's share of the credit for being able to figure that out. Yeah. Playoffs, let's talk a couple, let's talk a couple series here. Uh, three one. I think it's fair with the Bowen, Bruce. I, I feel like if there's a if there's a team to be able to take one more game without their best player, be the Grizzlies. I feel like that series is still just about over. Though, um, a pretty bad series from Klay Thompson yeah. outside of Game Three, and the Warriors still are are, are pretty convincingly a better team. Um, yeah. I, I'd consider that one over. So I think we talk about the two two game two two series. We got. 2 2 as we speak. Philly, Miami. That one's almost at halftime here. Um, your guy, Carl, and B comes back. Things are looking a little bit different. Um, shaping up to be not too bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, and B coming back obviously changes it. Look like it, everyone was, I mean, we were calling it either like a sweep, maybe that Harden has a magical game and they get one. That's what it's looking like now. He had his magical game. He had his magic yeah. game with him beat back. Yeah, with beat back there, so um, changes the entire outlook of that series. Ugh. I mean, I still, I still like Miami for now. And how many? I think eight, I'm going like seven. Yeah. Yeah. Miami, Miami in seven. Unless I think the six, if the Sixers find a way to take this one. They oh, have in to six? end it. In, I think they have to end it in six. Six, six. Sixers, sixers have to find a way to end this in six. I think. I mean, you know, we'll see how the prediction goes. Um, obviously, as time will tell us, but it's just seeing how the like, or more of the way that the teams match up. It's you're gonna need, I mean, like, it, it's a it's a hardened and maxi series, even within bead back. Because mm-hmm. you know, if there's, as we've said it before, there's one thing that the Miami Heat are good at, it's like penciling in the one superstar that they have to at least make everything difficult for. doesn't matter if they get their points. Um, kind of the opposite of the uh, going from East to West here, but kind of the opposite for like what the, uh, like what the Suns had done against the, um, against the Mavs where they're like, you know what we're going to do? Like we're going to actually end up giving up these open threes as long as we can like make, shooting difficult for Luca, who by the way is a fantastic playmaker so that doesn't even really affect them that much. unbelievable
1: he can take 25 shots and make so, nine of them and they can yeah. still win
0: yeah and then also like JJ Reddick said something about it as well where it's like you know like like these are NBA players so like you like your game plan to shut one guy down like sometimes it might be better to go let your go let the superstar go get 40 and shut down everybody else it's
1: pretty insane I I thought that the sons were tailor made to stop Luca just with the amount of bodies they have that they can throw at him. Not only, again, we talked about it earlier having probably the best wing defender in the league, but just having a sheer number of bodies that they can throw at Luca and be versatile and athletic defensively. Um, but, but he's still finding a way. Jalen Brunson is, is playing excellent. Um, it, they're like, Jason Kidd, again, somebody who maybe didn't get as much love in the coach of the year conversation. Um, I hated the hire when it first happened. I had no clue why it was happening. Uh, but they found an identity. I mean, they run the most pick and rolls in the league. I've said it a million times. They run the most pick and rolls in the league. And the, one of the most basic basketball plays for Dallas is Unstoppable. Like I mean, it's because they're
0: they're leaving they're leaving the corners open on purpose. There's
1: there's yeah, there's no stop. Like there's no way to stop it when you have Luca because it, it instinctually. I mean, he talks about it. he's like after the pick and roll, I look and see who's under the basket to see how I make my decision.
0: I mean, yeah, the book, and that guy and that the book guy is out also, on it. And then this whole this, most of the series, that guy is not there. They are saying yeah, right. they are they are literally saying we're gonna let Finney Smith and everybody else stand in the corner, which is can't happen tonight
1: mm-hmm.
0: absolutely yeah. can't happen tonight and so you know like if they're gonna say that I I mean I, I do think they have the personnel I think you have enough personnel we're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to say like we're gonna let Luca probably have a better shooting game have my like you know get as much of Michael Bridges on him as possible I mean obviously the fouls to CP3 which deserved mm-hmm uh, if you're like us, as someone who's like, hey, it's about time <laughs> somebody actually like calls the, the like the ticky tack BS that Chris Paul does on a daily basis. Still love his game. Outside, yeah. outside of that, like I'm okay with that. But you know, one has to be smarter, knowing how many fouls he has that he shouldn't try that type of stuff. But um, that was a, I mean, that was obviously a big effect. Like they, like the the Mavs got special shooting out of all these role players. They had the Mother's Day game from. Fanny Smith, and that game was within striking distance probably the entire time with Chris Paul in foul trouble. So, I mean, goes to show that, like, talent-wise, I like, runs how the series ends. Like, the best player
1: right now is obviously on the Mavs, but, like, that team is outmatched talent-wise. Yeah, I think it's Suns and it Seven, but it, at Seven, I think it's a victory for the Mavs. I'm going to float out an idea I just had in my head. What if the answer to the Mavericks... Winning a title with Luca is currently on the court in that series. In DeAndre, you think? Wow! Free agent the summer. Wouldn't hate it. Me neither. Me neither. He does. I think he solves almost every single. I think he solves not almost every single issue they have, but I, I think he solves. A, a lion's share of them,
0: and then I think. what do you, And then I'm assuming if you do that, you probably you probably draft a guard to play along with him from this year because you're going to let Brunson go. Obviously, if you do yeah, that. Br- Brunson would
1: be tough just because you, you're you're kind of cap strapped.
0: I wish they. I mean, they they're probably wishing they would have signed him for the trade value they would have had if they would have had him in a lower deal.
1: Yeah, but again, if you're if you're a Mavericks fan, who do you feel more comfortable building around it? it is Your two big contracts, Luca and Aiden, or Luca and Jalen Brunson.
0: He needs a big man. We're coming, we're coming, we're coming back to dynamic duos in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I Aiden mean, calling Aiden dynamic is still jury is still out. I mean, like, because he has, you know, he seems to be a real lights on or lights off type of player. Agreed. So, but he um, is on. Yeah, but yeah, when it's on, it's on.
1: He's gonna get, but he would get bad on them. If he played with Luka. he'd yeah, get be, Yeah, be,
0: it would look like the Nuggets series all over again. He
1: would. He would. E- he would either have to not be disengaged or get absolutely exposed by the entire internet when he doesn't show up.
0: He just has to imagine that every center he plays against is Jokic and just replay that playoff series.
1: <laughs>
0: I agree. There's some, agenda, there's some agenda pushing there too.
1: Not a great defensive player. <laughs> Lot to be desired on that little bit to be desired on that end. A, a, a good amount to be desired on that end. Of the floor. yeah closing thoughts
0: closing thoughts um i mean it's been another solid uh i mean really good playoffs like the the actual series numbers aren't really lining up the way that everyone like would love but the games themselves
1: have been pretty entertaining so far um i thought it was shaping up to be suns three suns 3-1 like we would be talking about that series being three one. In fact, that's two two. Yeah. That's um, yeah. That, like that's pretty surprising to me. I thought it was that one wasn't even going to be close.
0: Yep. So, yeah. It's pretty surprising there. And then also on um, different buckets front, more of that. Probably going to start rolling out some uh, some pretty some pretty new content here coming out here. That's going to be fun. And a wine collab with CJ McCollum maybe. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Until next week. Until next week.